0: Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of Saint Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. Saint Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. If you have been here all week. Especially you may be struck by the abrupt shift in the mood in today's Mass. You may ask why we have gone from narratives of the crucifixion, the lamentations of Tenebrae last night, to white vestments, the Gloria and Bells. In the midst of focusing on the hour of his betrayal and suffering, why this sort of lightness here tonight, and this this change, this shift, and that's a fair question. The simple answer is because this is the moment in which our Lord gave himself as food to the disciples in the Eucharist. And the Eucharist is the joy of the whole church. The Eucharist is the presence of Jesus with and in us. And so in the midst of the somber remembrance of the cross we have this joy tonight remembering the institution of the Lord's Supper. By the way if you are missing the tenebrous mood, you're not going to have to wait long for its return. By the end of tonight, the mood of joy will shift back again to the grief of Gethsemane. The high altar will be stripped bare as our Lord was stripped, and the presence of our Lord in the sacrament will be taken out of the tabernacle, and we will be left here tonight in a vacuous darkness. But why? Why the shift in mood? I think there's something very profound communicated to us in this addle of order. There is no separating the cross and resurrection. We cannot have the cross without the resurrection. And equally true, we cannot have the resurrection without the cross. The first disciples were the only ones who experienced the cross without the resurrection. They experienced the cross first and then the resurrection. They were unique in that sense. We, on the other hand, if you think about it, we came to the resurrection first, and then the cross. We met the living Christ first. Unlike the fishermen, we did not meet the son of a carpenter on the dusty streets of Galilee. We did not go around with him as he taught and stunned the crowds with Signs and miracles. We didn't go with him to his passion and into the dark hour of his death. We didn't do it in that order as they did. That's not the Jesus we met first. Rather, we met the glorious, immortal Christ, triumphant and shining like the sun. Upon meeting him, though, perhaps we noticed, or maybe one of his ambassadors pointed it out to us, that he had these strange holes. In his hand. He had this gaping opening in his side. He had slashes on his back and small puncture wounds all about his brow. Maybe you asked him, What are these, Lord? Maybe he answered, Before, before I looked like what you see now, I was marked by these wounds. We're there in his happy presence, it's all light and joy. And then he takes us by the hand and he says, I want to show you something. And this risen and glorious Lord who we have just met takes us to his cross. He takes us then to his passion, suffering, and death. And he shows us. He shows us himself, bloody, and on the tree, dying. He says, you see me now in glory and in peace, and you see me there in sacrifice and death, and you must know me in both." He will never repeat the event of the cross, but he will never let it fade away either. The resurrection does not remove the cross from our present reality. Yes, the cross is a one-time historical event. It is the event of God's love in history. But as such, it is always present. It's not something we move beyond, like adolescence, or a small town in a cross-country trip. In fact, in our journey, as I've pointed out, we actually encounter the resurrection first, before the cross. The beginning of our journey of salvation was to encounter the risen Lord. And then, and only then, he took us to his cross and made it clear that this is where we will be made like him, so that we might fully enter into the joy He has promised. So you see, the addling of the order of things on this night, in this holy week, is not so strange. The white vestments and the gloria reflect the joy of the risen Lord, and they precede Good Friday. This is actually, in fact, the very order in which we've encountered God. Besides the mandatum, which we also focus on tonight, Tonight we emphasize the institution of the Eucharist. And the Eucharist really is the encapsulation of everything that I'm talking about. First of all, the church determined it was impossible to celebrate the institution of the Eucharist in a somber mood. Because the Eucharist is Jesus giving himself, his very body to us. His real presence with us while we're bearing our cross in this world. The Eucharist is the presence of the risen and glorified Lord in us. This is our essential joy while we're on this leg of the journey. But in this holy sacrament, we also proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. In this gathering, we experience the whole gospel from end to beginning and back to end again. The risen Lord calls us together here tonight as His body And we are taken by this same risen Lord to His cross. So that we might offer ourselves to God in Him. And then we'll receive back His body. And we'll receive the bread of immortality. We'll receive the glorious Lord. It's all intertwined. You see the end comes first. And then the beginning. And then the end again. Resurrection. And then death. And then resurrection. For now we live in the age of the cross. And Christ still bears the marks. And as St. Paul tells the Corinthians, I am determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It was the risen Lord who spoke to St. Paul. It was the risen Lord that Paul first met. The glorious risen Lord who inspired him to make the cross the center of his life. And his message. Now remember what I said. It's impossible to preach the cross without the resurrection. They are one whole act. But that being said. We must preach the cross. Saint Paul met the risen Christ first. And then this glorious Lord took Paul to the cross. And he told Paul this is where you will live. This is the message you will preach. This is the center of your life. This is how you will become like me. All of this is bound up in the sacrament of the Eucharist. We heard from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians tonight. This is one of the only, if not the only time, he directly quotes our Lord in all of his writings. Think of the importance of that. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We have met the risen Lord. And he has taken us all to the cross. And he will take us to the cross tomorrow on Good Friday. And he has told us that we shall embrace this cross. We shall proclaim this cross. We shall remember this cross until the very end. That is why our primary image of the resurrection is a crucifix. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardeen, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of The Orthodox West.